Welcome back to May Contain Violence, a horror appreciation and opinion-based podcast. <laughs> I am David. With me is Mallory. Hello. Hello. <laughs> and uh, we are going to discuss new movie time. Yeah. Oh, my God, a new movie. Yeah, is... we've been waiting for this for a while. <laughs> I know, I know. Coming at the perfect time. And... Um, we're going to discuss Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. Mm-hmm. So we both saw this mammoth zombie film clocking and in at two hours, 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so we already got the Snyder cut, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if there's some stuff on the cutting room floor... Um, and there might very well be, because it, it kind of felt like maybe some stuff got dropped, uh, B story wise or whatnot. But uh, we'll get to that. Yep. <laughs> um, so this is a film that uh, Zach was thinking about all the way back uh, during his Dawn of the Dead uh, revision that he made, mm-hmm. and um, had had various ideas about. Uh, this was directed by him. This was, um, I think he was chief. Uh, head writer on it, for sure. Yeah, head writer, um, and as well as he did the camera work as well. All, he, was main, he was main unit camera. Um, and it, it shows, it's, it shows in all its uh, Snyder glory uh, between slow-mo and experimenting with a new with a blur effect which Mm -hmm. i'm not sure exactly pulled off what he intended uh what did you feel about that technically technical aspect wise how how, how'd you feel that Uh, i I don't think it really added anything to the movie itself i just think it was it was just an experiment he was probably just toying around with we'll probably see it in later movies later snyder films yeah I, th- I mean, I think he was getting to like use that in to sort of emulate the the heat of the desert. Uh, yeah. You know, um, but I don't think he needed to use it more than uh, a couple of times to show that to us. It was like he he did like to use it a lot. Um, yeah. <laughs> so. Eh. Yeah, wasn't sold on that, but uh, and I don't think I don't think I counted as much slow mo as some of his other films. No, and I, I like I mean it. It definitely has the Schneider look and feel. Like this movie is totally Schneider. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, we were missing some of those like slow tracking shots that he kind of has become known for, especially from Three Hundred and. And especially from Watchmen, there was those really slow mo cut scenes, especially during the action, just building into that like slow, fast, uh, slow, yeah. fast, slow, fast. But uh, yeah, this I think this movie was fast. It was really fast paced. It was there was a lot going on. There was a lot of story involved. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. There, there was a lot of story, um, but. For two and a half hours, not as much characterization as I thought would be crammed in there. But, yeah. you know, um, anyways, uh, let's get to it. Uh, yep. 
Deborah, uh, Deborah Snyder, uh, produced as well. Yep. Always does. Um, so we start off it as, as a military convoy with a mysterious package is driving out at night to a undisclosed location. And we have mm-hmm. two soldiers uh, just kind of chit-chatting and, and guessing what could be what, what, what they could be transporting. And <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed some of the, the things to say. And the well, lesson- I mean, wouldn't you, like, if you were carting mysterious cargo, wouldn't you, like, just kind of, like, speculate on what it is? Because I kind of love the, uh, like, the original, like, uh, constitution written in yeah. the signatory's blood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that um, one was good. I was just like, uh, I would more than likely go with Holy Grail, but also... I, I like yeah. the staff of Ra, not at Raiders of the Lost Ark there. Exactly. Um, <laughs> there was a lot of film nods. I, I counted at least three or four. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Zombieland was one of them. I would say the opening sequence definitely gave me Zombieland feelings. <laughs> you mean... You mean- don't uh, don't give a BJ a, a drive in a car at night. Uh, <laughs> that that could be. Oh real. no no that was thinner. I was like as soon as I saw that I was like have they never seen thinner? How these people do they not know this is a bad idea? So bad idea. Nah, not good. Um, no. Yeah, and uh, so we have a bride and groom uh, enjoying their. Um, the start of the honeymoon. <laughs> well, yeah, 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 yeah. Starting the honeymoon off early and yeah. crashing into nearly hidden the Humvee carrying our two uh, uh, funny soldiers mm-hmm. uh, and totally wrecking the convoy, which I found surprising. I, I would think a, a truck that size would just like destroy their sedan and you know, would not cause the such a big catastrophe as it did. I, I would agree with that. That like I mean, there's a lot in this movie where I'm like, oh, come on, this would just not hold <laughs> up in the standards of reality. Yeah. And I mean, you have to sort of like approach it to this is not reality. This is like subjugated reality. But at the same time I'm just like I was like, yeah, this would not happen. The the, the truck would literally run over that car. Just completely yeah tin can in that car yeah. you know how but. fast were they traveling my goodness um <laughs> i mean really oh well uh so um yeah so we get the mysterious package uh the trailer flips the the the, the cargo is open the, the soldier is, is is in communication with home base and the, the woman on the line is when they find out the package has been compromised, is freaking out and telling them to get out of there. And to yeah. which I have to say, the soldier really slow to respond. <laughs> One, they slow to respond, and and two, uh, why would you run to get out of there? I would get into the truck. Yeah, and just yeah, shove buddy over. Shove buddy over. Yep, get into yeah. it and just fucking bolt out of there. Which was I not- don't know. The, the run through the desert was just not the best choice. <laughs> no. And they literally just went over the ridge. Okay, we're far enough. <laughs> what? 
um, that was silly. Uh, so anyways, we see a, um, a very fast, uh, pale figure running, running out of the cargo, who then yep. jumps on the soldier, even though he was about 20 yards away. And mm-hmm. the other soldiers saw this guy come out or and pop the shot. <laughs> um, so we learn. So I, I looked on the credits because I was wondering what to call this guy, this 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 Alpha King. I had in my notes. I I just had King for a long yeah, time. Yeah, that was basically what it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Until I looked up on the credits and I saw and and I watched the uh, the making of uh, featurette. Uh, he was named Zeus, and because of that scene in the montage where he looks up at the Zeus palace. Zeus in Olympia, yeah, Olympias or whatever it is that they call it. So <laughs> the <his> hotel. <laughs> yeah. Um so Zeus who looks to be I I when we first see him, I think he was a soldier. Cuz he had brush cut hair, very short brush cut hair and like shaved on the sides. Mm-hmm. Um so I I I think he was a soldier who got infected. Maybe- I'm going to say no, because you know how that how the U.S. government likes to like toy around with the idea of a super soldier that doesn't stop, isn't tired, never slows down, is a killing machine. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, you got experimented on. Yeah, for sure. But he was a soldier. Yeah. Because uh, you can sort of see, and I mean, for as much as it was, a slight humanity in Zeus. Uh, mm-hmm. throughout throughout the movie you know he uh, and we'll get into that obviously but yeah like there's still a slight human side to him there's still a little bit of logic for some some oh, reason yeah. he's not just a killing machine he's actually quite methodical so yeah, yeah exactly um yeah you, you get a sense of high intelligence so already yeah. this is a very different zombie uh mm-hmm. i only intelligent zombies I've come across is the rudimentary intelligence of uh, Day and Land of the Dead. Yeah. yeah. Uh, very, very like primitive type of um, IQ there. Um, yeah. This, this one is full on smart. And maybe from, uh, there was a comic book, a black and white comic book called Dead World. I oh, okay. Believe- yeah. Yeah, I believe they featured intelligent zombies too. Uh, I never, I never read it. I just heard of the, of the concept. I, I think that the whole, like, I mean, the intelligent zombie is definitely a much newer concept in film, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's something that we're probably not going to see go away or die out. It's definitely going to continue on. But um, yeah, like it's just. It's a little bit scary when they're smart. <laughs> it's a little bit, it's just a little bit scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he knows his abilities. Like, yeah. He knows, he acts almost like a, almost more vampire than zombie. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, I'm going to bite you and then move on because I know you're going to be infected now. Yeah, uh, I'm no. just growing my army. I'm not here to like mm-hmm. eat brain, just eat brains and gain sustenance through brains and flesh and all that. Yeah. I'm gonna create a whole little family here and just keep growing and growing and growing. And and that in itself is even more scary too. Is that he's so self-aware? Yeah, I mean, none of the. <laughs> none of it's the like outward. a machine becoming self-aware. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, none of the alphas 
seem to even care about eating the flesh and, and stopping to eat. They're they're just like kill and then move on. Yep. Um so the the soldiers get nailed. Uh they they return. I counted how long infection took. And for that one soldier it only took like 12 seconds. Yep. That was this quick. will be inconsistent throughout the movie. <laughs> it definitely is, kids. It definitely is. Um so then we get them, uh, him and his little uh, uh, army zombie troop uh, coming up upon a ridge. And then we, we have a nice shot of, uh, of Las Vegas. And then, um, much like the beginning of Watchmen, we get a awesome montage, credit montage. Yeah. Uh, over, um, over music. The- Las Vegas. I loved this montage. This montage told a great little story. It did. Um, very well shot. I think Zach should shoot more videos. I think he'd be very good at like music videos shooting. <laughs> I would agree with that. I like, I mean, it's he, the, I, I mean, He's a little similar to Edgar Wright in that way, where he can really incorporate music into yeah. the story, and he does a good job with that. Like mm-hmm. I and I kind of there's one scene like, and I mean I compare like going back and comparing to like Watchmen, which was my first real introduction to sh- like J- Zack Snyder, yeah. um, where uh, like where Night Owl is meeting. Um, at the what's her name? I can't think of her name anymore. Specter. Um, Specter. Silk Specter so, too, um, at the restaurant, and Ninety Nine Luft Balloons, yeah, is playing, and it sort of like sets that scene and that tone and the opulence and the and the happiness and the in the eighties and uh, where you know you just see that like it's just like it's just that combination of just the thematic music that sort of helps. Like he just he knows how to pair music with film pretty well like i i wouldn't say as much as as edgar wright but like he's very much in the, that wheelhouse as well yeah no i i agree i think this is actually one of his better showings of that um, yeah especially like when when they, they showed um batista's character uh scott ward and he was uh getting the um a teenager i think it was out of the house and mm-hmm. pistol and every shot was matched with a trumpet horn they bam mm-hmm. bam bam and every like bam 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 bam, bam. it was just perfect yeah. things it was like oh that hit it just right i mean um, i like the vega las vegas but wouldn't it have also been really good if they had paired that with like the rat packs ain't that a kick in the yeah 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 yeah. that would have been a really good song to sort of like play up vegas like that there's so many vegas theme like just vegas related music that we can just really but i mean rat pack and elvis are probably the pinnacle of that other than celine dion but you know Mm -hmm. both those two rat pack and elvis really are synonymous with Vegas so I mean either or but Viva Las Vegas and having um the impersonator the um Liberace impersonator at the beginning yeah I I felt sort of like 
scared for him too where you're like he, does he not realize what's happening it around him no it didn't look like it didn't look like it i was like get out of there man get out of there <laughs> but i i mean i've never said bye so many times in a movie where i'm like bye have fun see you later that was great yeah um, I like the the introduction of some of the characters, um, mm-hmm. and, but I like to call this this beginning montage "Ballad of Soccer Mom" because yeah. it was um, you you later see her um, with Batista and and and, and helping uh, to rescue people. And yeah, uh, I, I that that I looked up her credit and it it was Soccer Mom. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but yeah, you see this kind of story with her and then, and then she gets, uh, her kid, uh, and then, you know, she doesn't make it, unfortunately. I, I'm, you're thinking, oh, this could be a, a main character. No, she doesn't get, she doesn't make it out of the montage. No. Um, and they, they show her with a picture of her, her family. And they did the same with, with, um, Batista's Batista. and, um, uh, Vandero. A couple of other, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and Maria. Maria yeah. has the um, success with, uh, with the uh, oh, well, magazine that she was uh, on a cover of, Popular Mechanics or something like that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love Vanderhoe a lot as a character, just because his o- in that opening montage, he's just using that like concrete saw, and yeah. he is slicing through zombies. And yeah. that is just epic. And it, like, he just looks glorious. like he's having a lot of fun doing it too. Yeah. <laughs> but having just read the chapter on uh, <laughs> weapons in the, the, the zombie survival guide, mm-hmm. that type of instrument is very impractical. <laughs> and it, well, it's that, heavy. That goes along with the chainsaw. And I'm just going to read the, 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 Go ahead. On, on power tools um okay so this is from the zombie survival guide by max brooks uh complete protection from the living dead <clears throat> with uh with regards to power tools popular fiction has shown us the awesome brutal power of the chainsaw it's lightning quick rotating teeth can easily slice through flesh and bone making the strength and skill required for manual weapons unnecessary Its roar might also give the owner a much-needed psychological boost. Empowerment in a situation where abject terror is a given. How many horror movies have you seen in which this industrial killing machine has spelled doom for anyone and anything it touched? In reality, however, chainsaws and similar power devices rank extremely low on the list of practical zombie-killing weapons. For starters, their fuel supply is finite. Once drained, they provide as much protection as a handheld stereo. Carrying extra fuel or power cells leads to the second inherent problem, weight. The average Mm -hmm. chainsaw weighs 10 pounds compared to a two pound machete. Why increase the chances of exhaustion? Safety must also be considered. One slip and the spinning teeth might be slicing through your skull just as easily as your enemies. Like any machine, another problem is noise. A chainsaw mm-hmm. distinctive roar, even if running for just a few seconds, will be enough to broadcast to every zombie within earshot. Dinner is served. 
So, um, yeah, Hollywood. Yeah, Hollywood. <laughs> Back to call. I know. Well, I, I'm still going to say it looked really darn cool. So, mm. I, I mean, truth be told, yes, in the long run, you're going to need gas. And in the uh, apocalyptic world, gas is kind of on a shortage, too. So... It's yep. not a rechargeable weapon. It's just, yeah. You, and I mean, eventually, too, uh, you know, it's going to be hard to come across a steady source of electricity to charge such power tools. Yeah, if it's battery powered, you have, have, and you want to be carrying this big, heavy battery with you, it's, the, it's usually the heaviest power, the, the heaviest thing in a, a battery powered power tool is the battery, awkward adapt, um, charger as well. And then, yeah, if you have gas powered, it's 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 the tanks. So yeah, exactly. Use it if it's there and you're desperate. Use it to get out of your situation, but leave it behind. It's more burden. Exactly. But that didn't seem to bother Vandal. I mean, they were using it as a kind of jaws of life thing. They were trying to. I, I think yeah. The first that scene, he was cutting into a car, and then he turned around and sliced open zombies. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we are, we're quickly introduced to Scott Ward um, in the montage. We also see Maria. Um, we also see uh, Vanderhoe, who seemed to make up the bulk of this mercenary squad that Scott... The main crew, yes, that yeah. Scott had formed. Yeah, um, they were called Las Vengeance. Um, mm -hmm. well, I thought, first, I thought they were military. Well, they're obviously probably ex-military, but it looks like... Um, the United States called in mercenaries when they got decimated, when the army yeah. just got obliterated. One of my favorite scenes from that montage was the parachute and troopers throwing oh. down <laughs> into the sea of zombies. Which then I made know. Me, like hopeless and, and just like military bungle of the, of the highest uh, sorts. Um. But also kind of kind of made me wish for a GI Joe versus zombies movie. Uh, <laughs> kind of. I, I think I'm I think I'm okay with like not seeing that. I don't know. I'm just uh, <laughs> like, eh. I I don't like putting like such a gloss on like a GI Joe gloss on something like that. Like a go Joe, and then. But and then, then they like, get torn apart. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're we're supposed to be getting a Snake Eyes film, so I think that'll be okay. <laughs> I saw the trailer already. Uh, I'm I, I'm gonna reserve judgment when I watch the movie. <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah. um, yeah, like that opening montage. Oh, sorry, I just dropped some change. <laughs> if you hear that, um, uh, you know, it's just that opening montage was everything, and it like I said, it reminded me so much of the opening sequence of yeah, again, Watchmen. And also yeah. zombie man, zombie land, like just that, just, like everything's going to shit. Oh yeah, very quickly. Yeah, and <laughs> this is off with Vegas being walled off by freight containers. It looks like yeah, freight containers. And um, in the months, years, I don't know how long, how much time has passed since the uh, the walling off. I want to say months. Yeah, or even like maybe a year. Yeah, maybe from, a year from that from that point from the starting point, because I, I mean to amass the amount of people that they've amassed. Like I mean, I'm talking about the zombie army, like yeah. the army of the dead. 
there's a lot of them there's tons like there yeah. and and there's and there's a mishmash of different zombies in in this movie also zombie animals we've got zombie oh, horses yeah, yeah. Yeah, zombie we'll get to t- that. <laughs> <laughs> zombie tigers but yeah it's like it's just the the amount of like mixed life that this this zombie horde has managed to amass over time i think it's going to it would take at least a year for all yeah. of that to happen <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was just walled. Like an entire city was turned, and you get the feeling maybe, maybe two hundred people made it out of there. You know, it it kind of felt like that. Um, There's now a refugee camp just just outside the the wall. Yeah, right, right. And uh, we find out that um, Scott Ward um, by, by Batista, his daughter is working with um world health organization as a volunteer uh kate Mm -hmm. and um she's trying her best to help the people there uh we meet a complete scumbag um security officer there who is lording over his power uh over people there um played by theo rossi yep theo rossi he's uh everybody's uh favorite bad guy Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is it well? Um, so yeah, he encounters uh, Kate and this woman that Kate is trying to help. Um, goes by the name of Gita. Yeah. Refugee and single mom who wants to get into Vegas, get some money, so they'll have money when they leave this area. So they can get out of Barstow, yeah. The yeah. the planned second B area for all of these refugees. Exactly. And her plan is to pay off a... Um, coyote. Yeah. A coyote, which is sort of a scout or, or um, guide to get you... Who gets people into the city and if they return, get them back out. Um, so mm-hmm. that's their plan. Uh, so they run in with this this asshole guard Cummings and a little yeah, altercation there. Uh, but then mm-hmm. we jump we jump to Scott now, and he is slinging uh, burgers and 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 in, in, in the diner. Yep. And, and uh, we found out in a flashback that he had to uh, mm-hmm. kill his wife, uh, Kate's uh, mom she turned yeah and she was trying to get through the bathroom door to kate yeah for and a tasty meal yeah <laughs> and, uh he put a knife in her head and just as kate opened the door and, and so a little bit traumatizing there just a little just yeah. a little bit but again um you know uh, an unfortunate an unfortunate necessary evil mm-hmm. in zombie land um and uh you know and uh and that sort of sets up their relationship for the next stretch of this movie so so get into that a little bit (laughs) yeah they have a strained uh very strained relationship Uh, at first i wasn't sure if it was a if it was a stepdad or her actual father i was a little confused at first at one time she calls him scott so I was yeah like, oh, 
or, or is that just a way to kind of separate herself more from her yeah dad? like you're not my dad like you're 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 not my like you're, and and they sort of like delve into that that's like one of the many b plots of this movie is their relationship as well yeah um and and uh, i mean yeah it was okay but was it like for me was that a necessary part of the movie did it develop any sort of like was there any real character development in that story not so much Um, not no there were and there was three scenes dedicated to that yeah um but I think that that maybe that could have been a focus is the redemption, the father daughter redemption story that mm-hmm. would have been. And I mean, really and truly at the heart of a zombie film, it's about the people and the relationships that they have with one another in this post-apocalyptic world. And yeah, this would have been a really good redemption sort mm-hmm. of arc for the movie, but you know, missed opportunity as like i mean there's a few there's quite a few missed opportunities in this movie because of the length and the amount of story involved but yeah yeah you yeah. get a lot of gloss over in, in, in yeah the, um so we are introduced to um the, 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 uh, Bly tanaka who mm-hmm. approaches scott with an an offer he is a industrialist he's a i I'm, I'm not exactly sure what he actually does he's he owned a casino in vegas is basically that storyline is that he's mm. he's contracting scott to get money out of a safe before and i mean just to add a little bit of the plot to it they've mm-hmm. been the u.s government has been uh, playing with the idea of dropping a nuclear bomb on Vegas to get rid of the zombie problem. Right. Because it's one of the last few areas of America, or maybe the last area in America where yeah. zombies have taken over and it's just overrun and it's just a problem and it, they've managed to close it off in the zone. So why not drop a giant nuclear bomb in the middle of the Nevada desert? It hasn't been, it's not like it hasn't been done before. <laughs> yeah, it's and, and if they didn't address that, I would have been like, that would have been a huge plot hole. Like, why not just yeah. why not just new? So I'm glad they did address this very early on. Um, yeah. It was a little glossed over if this was a worldwide thing or not. They said the so-called zombie wars and it was the, it's the last, uh, you know, um, region of the so-called zombie war and it's like whoa so was this it was this more than vegas because we didn't get that really hint that it was bigger than vegas um yeah. so I was, I was a little confused on that one um, yeah yeah i would agree with that 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 part yeah they didn't really elaborate on that mm-hmm. that there was uh, a zo- like a huge zombie threat to the rest of the world but yeah. either way um and the whole plan is to drop a nuke on there uh, during the 4th of July and then they as as this, this film sort of progresses this is like a half an hour in when he when um, Tanaka introduces himself to Scott they've moved up the date to be within four days of their meeting so Tanaka is asking Scott to form his mercenary team like his famous mercenary team 
not to get to get his yeah his lost inventions team um to go and uh get his money all this money out of the safe and he can get him and his team can get a cut of that money yeah so i he wanted i think he wanted 200 million and he was going to give them 50 million yeah uh, each yeah or like a fifty million just for him and the team, which I mean, fifty million split. How many ways they were going to do it is still a good amount of money in America. Yeah, in, it, in this day and age, it was interesting <laughs> to see who got how much cut. It, it, it dwindled as you went up down the list. <laughs> yeah, so Scott was obviously going to get the bigger cut, and so was Maria. Yeah, but yeah, Scott. Scott is obviously yeah. Scott and Scott's obviously just like, oh, cha ching, payday. Maybe I can do something with that money. Maybe I can like I mean, I'm not sure. Like it's not really like elaborated on, but obviously the thought process is to be able to reconnect with his daughter. Yeah. I guess well, he, he's thinking pretty small. He's he just wants to have a another, taco truck. Yeah, he wants to like a little just you know, make a living with, with uh, a new restaurant idea. But yeah. he, he wants to give the bulk of it to his daughter. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's agreed. Yeah. Her. yeah. Yeah, agreed. Uh, um, but yeah, like, and then the, and though thus begins the recruitment, basically recruitment all. Montage. <laughs> recruitment montage. He goes to see Maria and then it sort of becomes sort of like a, uh, like the uh what's what's that sly stallone movie it kind of gives me that vibe expendables Expendables. uh, yeah where he's recruiting (laughs) the old guys yeah dirty (laughs) dozen is another one yeah but basically it's giving me those vibes where they're just recruiting all the members and they're like heck yeah we're in money payday cha-ching and then we we you know we get our our helicopter guy who and mechanic who happens to be Tignataro, brap brap Tignataro shows up. Yep. And she, and she's smoking a cigar through most of the whole movie. She's smoking some type of cigar. Cigarello. Yeah. Cigarello. Yeah. Like I was just like, how how long has she had that thing going? I was just like counting she had that thing going for most of the movie. um but you know she she's she's awesome and she adds a bit of comedic relief to the whole uh the whole uh film you know yeah other than the 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 smashing and the and the slicing and dicing it looks like they and they look like they worked together before um yeah so they were maybe maybe not with the with the mercenary team, but maybe in the military, because they, yeah. they they're not as tight. Uh, he's not as tight with her as he is with Maria. Yeah, no, him. Like, I mean, that Los Vengeance team was obviously very close. Yeah, a uh, little like very very close. Um, but we we definitely see a closeness between Maria and Scott, but not to the level that I thought it was. As as we soon find out in the film, yeah. well, <laughs> I just didn't get the, I didn't. I mean, I kind of saw it coming, but also I was just like, I don't see that as a plot point, like an, a necessary plot. Yeah. <laughs> At this point. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyways, but now, yeah, we. 
yeah, Mal is referring to later on, we find out Maria was um, into Scott, uh, but not waiting for him, as she's put it, but was there, there was definitely chemistry there, at least on her side, or she wanted yeah. him, and he kind of, he was blind to that. Yeah, um, big I guess, dummy. I guess it was too soon after, you know, your, your wife is killed. You just don't want to think about that yet. <laughs> exactly. You're not really planning on moving on. No. Um, but, yeah, we get the assemble team. We have, uh, you know, we have that crazy YouTube guy that climbs over the wall and has his fun shooting off zombies. Yeah. Um, uh, that and- is uh, Mickey Guzman. Yep. YouTube sharpshooter. Yes. <laughs> um, didn't know that was a thing but i mean also it's youtube so everyone can be a star on youtube yeah he apparently has a reddit page as well dedicated to himself yeah um uh, yeah tig is uh plays peters mm-hmm. uh, he has a full i think it's marianne peters but they only refer to her as peters yeah i just i dig the hawaiian shirt like just cigarellos hanging out of her mouth. I, I got. I see where she was going with it, and I I applaud her for sort of giving mm-hmm. us that like sort of character. Sarcastic, <laughs> uh, cynical. She stole every scene. She uh, did. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because she wasn't there for any of those scenes. I don't know. If you no, heard. exactly. And then we have Dieter. Who's our our master locksmith? Safe cracker. He can break and he can crack into that safe. And uh, you know he's just he's the best, and he knows he's the best. He's a little he's a little weird. Obviously, he's eccentric. He's like um, he's like an eighties German um, <laughs> Euro Euro track. stereotype. Yeah, yeah, he just. Loud clothes, um, kind of a weird haircuts, big orange foamy headphones. Yeah, screams <clears throat> like screams like nothing else I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, he is quite the shriek. I I love that shriek though because it's just like it makes the it makes the scenes. Yeah, obviously that those scene setups between him and. Uh, and Amari Hardwick's character, Dan. and uh, Vanguard, yeah. So they uh, they they play off of each other really well, and they get a little existential in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> um, the team gets together, and there, there's a couple of last joiners, Damon and Chambers, who are yes. friends of uh, Mickey Guzman, who are I guess part of his crew. And uh, yeah. then we are also introduced to uh, Martin which is head of Tanaka security. Yeah, played by Garrett Dillahunt, everybody's favorite good guy, bad guy. <laughs> uh, let's face it. This guy is the uh, Paul Reiser version of from his role in Aliens, except he's more Yes. <laughs> he's Burke. He's Burke, but he's more buff. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, we know that he's like, when he joins the like when he's joined the team that you know he there's some ulterior motive right away oh. he doesn't and and it's just a matter of time before those true colors 
show and what his his ulterior like what his his main goal is is going to just happen within the next 30 minutes of them being in that Walden city but i mean we got to get we got to talk about the queen man wait you're jumping ahead hold on no yes um uh, so tanaka <laughs> then explains um what's going down the plan basically with his big model yeah. <laughs> it's like wow if you made that just for okay um which also kind of thinks like how long have you had this prepared um oh we and know you shown this to anyone else before yes, we right? know yes. um but anyways uh, after tig uh after sorry peters plays with the helicopter a little bit and there's a kind of a pc moment uh, <laughs> involving Tanaka and and Dieter and easy squeezy Japanesey. Yes. <laughs> Dieter doesn't he thinks that's very un PC, even though it should pass because of who's saying it. I was it was awkward. It was funny, but it was funny awkward. I guess you can say. <laughs> um, um, I think that was definitely for me. I'm the that was cringe. That yeah, was it, it wasn't like... a great joke. <laughs> Like easy peasy lemon squeezy, like you know, and you know, it's. I think it was just Zack Snyder being like, "Of course, a white person's going to take offense on behalf of a minority to prove how PC and with it they are." And you know, we don't really need that. Like, it's not really a necessary. Like, no, it didn't really land. It didn't. No. jokes that didn't really there were a few that didn't really land in this um, movie but that was one of them <laughs> tell you what i missed i i wish they would have gone into more i thought we were going to get a little bit of a detailed account on how to take down the zombie and what 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 is threatening is especially when a couple of them uh deterring uh chambers have not killed a zombie before yeah and we just get a very light very oh just shoot him in the head and that's it <laughs> not oh if you cut off their legs they'll still crawl at you or you they can be infected i, I thought we we're gonna get a bit of a detailed explanation on the zombies like a, a little bit of um you know um uh, mm, just kind of i don't in. think we really need it like i, I think i think uh I, in this aspect i think that snyder was really just hedging it on Everyone's seen a zombie movie. Everyone knows what what can take a zombie out. I don't think we need this long. I think that move that if they had gone into explanation as to how to kill a zombie, I think that would have just made the movie even. It would have been a three hour movie. But would it? <laughs> but that that sort of exposition on oh these are the normal ways that we kill a zombie, and then the reveal of these alpha zombies, which takes those rules and kind of chucks it out the window, except for still shooting the head. I think that would have been a good setup. Uh, now that you want to have to go super detailed, but just kind of some more. Maybe, but I mean, we're gonna get like we're gonna see that as soon as like I mean we get to see that as soon as they get in the city. And we sort of get that from the coyote. We get a little bit of a an explanation from her because she's been in and out so many times, you know. Yeah. So well, we, yeah. we get that fill in. We do get that fill in from her. It's just not to the detailed, like extreme explanation, 
you know, that we, we, you know, that you may have wanted. But yeah, like, I think we got that from the coyote. I guess. Um, <laughs> so they recruit two more people before they go, actually three more people before they go in. Yeah. Um, so the reason why Maria's uh, here is, uh, sorry, Kate, is that uh, she um, gets them the bus to get into the refugee camp. So sneak them into there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she finds out later that her uh, friend Gita along with two other women, were brought into the city by the coyote, who they were also recruiting to bring them in. And so now Kate is hell-bent on going in there with them to, to find her friend. And no matter, she, she's not intimidated by her dad's yelling either. Yeah. Uh, determined to go in. So she definitely has her dad's stubborn uh, streak uh, in her. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, that, yeah, that, again, I, I think the, this part, like, where Kate came in and and she was, uh, she's trying to find Gita. Uh, I kind of would like this is a B plot that I think should have been cut from the movie altogether. It, yeah, it it kind of bordered on the realm of, okay, she's not out yet, she's probably dead. Um, Even if she isn't dead, she's gonna be dead. Yeah, and you have to either look way to an entire city. Yeah, it just it just seems really improbable that why do you think you can find her? Yeah. It's like it you was have- it was really just yeah. Like I mean I could understand her 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 good intentions, you know, the the road to hell is always paved with good, good intentions. But in this case I and I mean I, I don't know if I'm just cold hearted, but if someone that I'm friends with made their own choice and in going into a city of zombies and and uh to to get money or whatever the the intention was to go in there and they didn't come back right away i would just be like okay like i'm sad that they're gone but the probability like i'm not i i'm also i also know that most of my friends would not want me to risk my life to go well, in there and save them <laughs> okay now if you were in Kate's shoes and mm-hmm. okay she she's in there and you know you don't know if she's alive or dead and you know she has two kids here in the camp what would you do I'd stay with the kids exactly that's what she asked <laughs> like if if my friend asked me to watch out for her kids because she was about to do something risky I would listen to her and be like, okay, well, at least they know me and they, they feel safe with me and they trust me. I'm going to stay with the damn kids, not yeah. try to go and rescue mom because yeah. there's no, in all likelihood, there's no, there's like a very low chance that she's going to come out of that city alive yeah. uh, and, and risking my life too. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. I'll stick with the kids. <laughs> yeah. it, it was like, it was devoid of logic her 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 reason yeah uh, I, I and i don't know if that was because she just has um what what's that uh that white knight complex basically where she's trying uh, to save everybody because she couldn't save her mom yeah um you know that's not really like an ex- like it's not an explored like like that's some again that wasn't something that was explored in the film like why does she feel the need to do this you know, it's just, 
oh, I'm trying to save my friend, even though she made me promise her to take care of her kids. Like, that just, it made no sense. And it, it's something that made the movie longer for no reason. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, <laughs> so they add one more person, and that mm-hmm. scumbag security Theo guy. Theo Ross, I... <laughs> yeah. He, uh, the coyote uh, says, well, we need one more. And they're like, why? Why do you? Oh, um, by the way, the the guy who um, one of uh, uh, Guzman's friends, uh, Damon, he cut out early as soon as he heard it was about zombies and going. Yeah, and zombies, he he's was, like, I'm out of he here. Was, he was smart. Like that guy, I was like, you know what? You're smart. Like if you don't really want to put your life at risk for a, like I mean, even if it is a big payday. The mm-hmm. probability that everyone's going to make it out alive is very slim. Yeah. So I'm sorry, but he was the smart one in this story. He was just like, I'm cutting out. I'm uh-huh. done. I thought you know. for sure his car was going to blow up or, or, you know, oh no, he can't, he's heard the plan. He has to die. Like by, he was killed by Martin or something. I thought for yeah. sure. But yeah, no, they let him go. I think that's a fair, like, I think that's fair. Like, what's he going to do? Like, if he really doesn't want to be a part of the plan, it's not like he's going to go and call up someone and be like, hey, these guys are going to the city. Yeah. Like, you know, that's not going to, it's not going to stop the, and stop anything from happening. So, yeah, you know, it's pretending you didn't see it. And basically. Yeah. Um. So now we got our, our, our merry group led by the coyote, uh, a.k.a. Lily, who's a yes. French, French woman and probably one of my favorite characters in the movie. Um, I really like yeah, her. Yeah, she tries to, t- she tells it like it is. But did you not feel like at the beginning there was a bit of like tension? Like there was some sort of implied tension between her and Kate? Like there was some like something going on there oh no i i didn't didn't get get that that, pick that up okay maybe i don't know i kind of picked it up a little bit like i don't know but that was just me like it's not that i'm looking for those things when i'm watching a movie but i definitely like picked that up that before or after kate punched her I was before like there and even when she did punch her like I was just like mm, there's something there <laughs> well, maybe maybe who knows I um, just that for a little period of that movie I was like there's something there and <laughs> and I know that like Ella like I mean uh, Ella Purnell she's she I, like I, I don't think that this movie displayed any type of acting chops that she had it was the dialogue was a little bit rough for her. Yeah, it it was. Um, um but uh, you know, she she tried her darndest <laughs> to get through it and uh I applaud her for that. But um yeah, like I just thought that they're even in the camp when like you see the see her looking at the coyote, I don't know if it's just like she, it's like worry or you know, like mm-hmm. Like, but it, there's something going on. Like, they're aware of each other. They've been living in the same camp. She knows what she does. She's not saying anything. Right. But but I just picked up on some tension there. Like, some weird tension vibes between the two of them. <laughs> I, I so. think I think uh, the her character Kate kind of kind of despises what she does. 
but also is intrigued is intrigued yeah and she's she's providing the service to these people possibly getting money to get out of here but it's so risky and dangerous and she only like leads them a little bit ways in yeah and then basically leaves them to figure out it for themselves yeah absolutely and i mean that's kind of what coyotes do they just lead you in get you to the safe safest like spot and go okay well see you later my job's done i'm out okay bye like that's like a coyote basically what a coyote does in general mostly but um yeah i just uh, like i don't know like there's some there's some weird tension going on there (laughs) (laughs) i'm just gonna throw it out there all right i I watched it with uh clara and edward and um neither of them really picked up what that like what i was like i was picking up so i was like okay maybe it's just me all right Uh, but i guess you know (laughs) Okay, in uh, in Mal's head canon, uh, Ella had a thing for the coyote. All right, yeah. <laughs> moving on, we see uh, they 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 go through a uh, an open freight um, carrier, and uh, we are soon in the pretty devastated Vegas. Um, great set dressing. Uh, it's a mix of uh, blue CG. screen and and yeah. a practical practical set. It looks fantastic. Uh, we see thousands of dried husks just outside the wall. So that's this, cool. Yeah, this was really cool. Uh, there was an offhand comment by the coyote saying, "You know, they they're too dumb to get out of the um, get out of the sun." Sudden episode cutoff. Actually, we had technical difficulties uh, in midway through, so what better way to stop an episode and take a break? Uh, I'm going to have the second part of this uploaded immediately, and uh, you can continue on from there. It would save you from having to listen to a 2 hours and 40 minute long episode, almost as uh, long as the movie. So uh, take a break. Get some coffee and uh, roll over to part two.